0: Welcome to War in the Spirit, your resource for spiritual breakthrough and warfare, empowering you as believers to tap into your authority using the tools provided by God to bring about supernatural shifts. Hey, spiritual warriors. Welcome back to War in the Spirit podcast. This is Faith Cawthon Green back for another episode of War in the Spirit. And you know, as I'm making that introduction today, it gives me a little bit of pause. Because every week I come on and I say, hey, spiritual warriors, but... As God has been having me dig deeper and deeper into truths, into exposing truths about the true state of the church, about the true state of the body of Christ, about the true state of the hearts of believers, I wonder, can I even really say, hey, spiritual warriors, how many of us are actually warring in the spirit? How many of us are actually truly seeking intimacy and relationship with God? How many of us are actually being influencers in the earth for the kingdom as opposed to being influenced by the world? So I, I my spirit is a little bit grieved this week because I, I wonder can I even really address Spiritual warriors, how many are there actually out there who are putting down the ways of the world to operate in the kingdom, to pick up what God desires for us to do? And it just makes me so heavy to think That there are so many of us that are out of position. There's so many of us have not found that narrow gate, but are walking through the wide gate, the gate of destruction. So this week, this week's podcast, God led me to do something a little bit different it's still a podcast, but I've I've added in some different elements this week because God impressed on my heart to do more of like a prophetic release. So there's some different elements. There's some music. There's some prayer in this one, but there's also a message. And I would encourage you to take heed to this release, to this warning, to this conviction, and to allow it to prick your heart, to get in position. And so this is the new War in the Spirit podcast, season number six, episode number nine, compelling you to kill your flesh and to get into Alignment with the Will of God, entitled, Tainted Fruit. Hands up, he's waiting. Hearts open, no more delaying. Hand up, he's waiting. Turn it up, let your spirit Father, we need you. Hand up each way. Turn it up and let your spirit rise. Hearts open, no more delay. Father, we need you.
1: Father, I just want to say thank you for those who have and will tune in to this worship.
2: God, I pray right now that each and every one of us would seek to worship you in our own personal, private way, that we not wait to be led to worship by another
1: person, another group, by a leader, but we get into our own personal, private worship with you, God, that we present ourselves an offering to you, a sweet-smelling fragrance to you, Father, God, that we create ourselves as an altar, that we make ourselves a living sacrifice to you, Father, like we never have before, God, that we surrender ourselves to you, God, that your consuming fire will take over, Father. To burn away anything that is not like you, God. That we will submit to the fire of your spirit, God. That we will understand that the fire is not to hurt us. It is not to harm us. It is to make us better. It is to refine us, God. (laughs) To return us back to our kingdom identity. What you forged us into before you formed us in the womb, God. God I cry out for the people right now Father God I cry out for the people right now God I pray that they will submit to your will to your power to your purpose for their lives Father God that they will not continue to put the world above you You would just decrease all of us that you may be increased, that you will be raised to your rightful place, God, above every name, God. Let all the other names fade away, that you. That you will the hearts of people. Set them making a fast Yes. In the earth, a wardrobe change, God. I pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Please leave this call. because God is trying to get us in position back into the house, back under his hedge of protection. You must answer the call. Don't let
2: the enemy reign over your life anymore. Come back into position. Come back into the life. What God said to me was that What is being produced in the church is false fruit. Why does God allow his glory to still show up in churches where the leaders are misaligned or when things aren't right? And um, this is what God said. He said he's been allowing his glory and his spirit to dwell in these places on grace to allow the people to get a taste of who he truly is to compel them to come after him, and to come into true intimacy with him. But they have not answered the call. And all these leaders who we thought were glory carriers were nothing but deceivers. The glory was never in them because God does not dwell in dirty places. And without the holiness and the righteousness of God, you cannot carry his glory and it took me back to exodus chapter 19 so what's happening in in exodus chapter 19 is moses has been on mount sinai he's uh, he's been up to the mountain to see the lord to speak to the lord and the lord gives him instructions to come back down and tell the people jesus to consecrate themselves Because the Lord is going to approach the mountain. And he tells them to put barriers around the edge of the mountain because the people can only approach the mountain. They cannot come up on the mountain. And he tells them that even the church leaders, the priests, have to consecrate themselves. And he tells them, wash their clothes, abstain from sex in preparation for what God is doing. But These people never get to ascend to the high place, to the top of the mountain. And the reason that the church cannot become glory carriers, that they can't ascend to the mountain, is because the church is producing and operating off of false fruit. Jesus, they're attempting to cultivate and come into the presence of God with their dirty. And what's about to happen now is God is about to begin to strike. Exodus chapter 19. This is verse 23. It says, And Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you warned us, saying, Set boundaries around the mountain and consecrate it. Then the Lord said to him, Go down and come up again, and you and Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, or he will break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them. See, God is about to break out against the people. He's about to break out against the church because their fruit is making the people sick. They have been feeding the people tainted fruit. It's lace. Think about fruit. Watch that's laced with pesticides and other harmful things that try to make fruit look good, right? The pesticides and all these preservatives that they put on fruit, it makes it look good. Meanwhile, the fruit, once that pesticide wears off, that fruit on the inside could be looking rotten. But when the true fruit is placed among the tainted fruit, they look the same on the outside. But with time, when the facade of the pesticide wears off and the heart is exposed. You begin to see the truth behind that identity and the makeup of that fruit. You see, the grace period is over. The grace that has allowed the facade to remain in place has run out. And now what is rotting on the inside must be exposed. The spiritual DNA of the people is on display. And the question is, is it kingdom DNA or is it worldly DNA? God is about to show who has assimilated into the world and who has pure kingdom pedigree you you can't show people how to do something that you haven't done yet using god to advance himself as a pawn to advance himself people aren't buying into christianity anymore because the church is trying to sell it to people like a cheap used car because god is not something to be bought or sold god is an experience a game changer a lifesaver He ain't some object to be bought or sold to the highest bidder. And that's how many people in the world, including our church leaders, use God. And that's exactly why he is turning over the whole church, the church at large, because the whole church has become merchants and vendors trying to sell God, but none of them have been granted the proper license to do so. So think about a vendor. In order to be a vendor for something, you have to have been granted permission to sell something. And God is like, no, ain't none of these people been granted the proper license because they are trying to sell me like, what the word I heard was cheap perfume. You know how cheap perfume smells? It makes you sick. It makes your head hurt. You be like, ugh. It's like a repulsive scent. Because they don't know him, they don't truly understand him. Because they haven't gotten into real intimate relationship with him. They cannot accurately bring God to the people. Most of us have been in church our whole lives. And most of the people in the church have yet to understand for real who God is. Too many of the the church have been trying to sell a product that they don't even use. But we got to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And God said to me, the church has become pimps and prostitutes for the world, defiling the church and all that it is meant to represent. And he took me to Jeremiah chapter three. This is verses one through ten. It says, God says if a husband divorces his wife and she leaves him and becomes another man's wife, will he return to her again? You know what's funny about this? When I read this, I saw the husband as God, as Christ, and the wife as the church. So if God divorces this church, would that land not he said will he return to her again would that land not be completely defiled you know what god is divorcing this institution of the church because it has been completely defiled he is turning over the entire thing because it is full of merchants and vendors and robbers and thieves but you are a prostitute with many lovers, yet you turn to me, declares the Lord. Verse two says, raise your eyes to the bare heights and see where you have been. Where have you not been violated? You have sat for them by the roads like an Arab in the desert. And you have defiled a land with your prostitution and your wickedness therefore the showers have been withheld and there has been no spring rain yet you had a prostitute's forehead you refuse to even be ashamed about it and it goes back to what i was saying before that the, the the church has been mating with the world and calling the offspring blessings and not even ashamed about what it's been doing just out there like well you know what God ain't condemned it yet. God ain't shut it down yet. I'm going to keep on rolling like this because I'm making good money. I'm living the high life. I got these platforms. I got these opportunities. I got this access. Have you not just now called to me, my father? You are are the friend of my youth. Will he be angry forever or keep his anger to the end? Behold, you have spoken and have done evil things and you have had your own way. Just as I was talking about on the podcast last week, how, oh wait, hold on. Let's go back to verse six. It says, then the Lord said to me, In the days of King Josiah, have you seen what faithless Israel did? She went up on every high hill and under every leafy tree and she prostituted herself there. Yet I thought after she has done all these things, she will return to me. (laughs) But she did not return. And her treacherous sister Judah saw it. And I saw that for all the adulteries of faithless Israel, I had sent her away and given her a certificate of divorce. Yet her treacherous sister Judah did not fear, but she went and prostituted herself also. And because of the thoughtlessness of her prostitution, she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and trees. Yet in spite, Of all this, her treacherous sister did not return to me with all her heart, but rather in deception, declares the Lord. You see, (laughs) the church has been prostituting itself out to the world. And God is like, you dirty now. And I gave you an opportunity to return to me. But you dirty now. You've defiled yourself and you have chosen even not to return to me. And so just as I was talking about on the podcast last week about Babylon and and confusion and and Babylon being full of confusion and how the the church has been building a tower of power to itself. It's not a tower to God. It's not glorifying God. And God took me to Revelation chapter 17 and 18. We're going to walk through some of this. Verse 1 of chapter 17 in Revelation says then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and spoke with me saying come here i will show you the judgment of the great prostitute who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed acts of sexual immorality so here it is the church has prostituted itself out to the world and committed acts of immorality and those who live on the earth became drunk with wine of her sexual immorality. So see. The church. Has been prostituted. And because the church. Has been prostituted. The world has become drunk. On what the church has been serving. And he carried me away. In the spirit. And into a wilderness. And I saw a woman. Sitting on a scarlet beast. And it's so funny. Because I said this a while ago. That the church is wearing a scarlet a. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast full of blasphemous names, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold, precious stones and pearls, holding a, a hand of, in her hand a gold cup full of abominations and of the unclean things of her sexual immorality. And on her forehead, a name was written, a mystery. Babylon, the great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. Blood is on the church's hands and with the blood of the witnesses, Of Jesus when I saw her I wondered greatly and the angel said to me why do you wonder I will tell you the mystery of the woman and watch this this is what blew my mind and of the beast that carries her which has seven heads and the ten horns verse 8 says the beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and go to destruction and those who live on earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will wonder when they see the beast that he was. Here is this is verse nine. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains upon which the woman sits. So watch the seven mountains of culture, religion, religion education, the family, government, arts and entertainment, media, the marketplace. So watch, the prostituted church is sitting atop the seven mountains, bleeding all over everything. This woman is the church tarnished with a scarlet A and the seven heads on seven mountains are the mountains of culture. All the earth has become an abomination to God because of the misguided posture of the church, because it leads the way to the path of destruction instead of the path to righteousness because it has allowed itself to be defiled by the world and to blaspheme the name of God it must die this took me back to Matthew chapter 12 where it talks about the one sin that is unforgivable we're going to skip down to verse 22 it says then a demon possessed man who was blind and unable to speak was brought to Jesus and he healed him so that the man who was unable to speak talked and could see. And all the crowds were amazed and were saying, this man cannot be the son of David, can he? But when the Pharisees heard of this, they said, this man casts out demons only by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, "Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And it's so funny because here it is. He's like, well why would why would a demon come and cast out another demon? That kind of defeats the whole purpose of them banding together to be a part of one kingdom, right? Well, the same holds true for the kingdom of God. A kingdom divided against itself is what? Laid waste. The church is so divided against itself. And because it has been divided against itself, it must be laid waste. And it takes me down to verse 30. It says, the one who is not with me is against me. And the one who does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I say to you, every sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven people, but blasphemy against the spirit shall not be forgiven and whoever speaks a word against the son of man it shall be forgiven him but whoever speaks against the holy spirit it shall not be forgiven him either in this age or in the age to come verse 33 says either assume the tree to be good as well as its fruit good or assume the tree to be bad as well as its fruit bad For the tree is known by its fruit. You offspring of vipers, how can you, being evil, express any good things? For the mouth speaks from that which fills the heart. I'm going to say that again. For the mouth speaks from that which fills the heart. The good person brings out of his good treasure good things. But the evil person brings out of his evil treasure evil things. But I tell you that for every careless word that people speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified. And by your words, you will be condemned. See, we we want to believe that All of these people that have been surrounding us for so long. It's such a difficult pill to swallow. To believe that you've been in the church for all this time. And so many of the leaders. That you believed. So many of the leaders that you came to trust. So many of the leaders that that you listened to. Are producing false fruit. Are carriers of false fruit. Because. What the word says right here is if the tree is bad, the fruit is bad, right? So if your life don't look like the good tree, then the fruit is also not good fruit, no matter how many pesticides you spray on it to make it look good. If your life is filthy and you live it out of position and you out here Committing adultery and doing all this other stuff, materialism and worshiping idol gods and mating with the world, then I hate to break it to you, but the the tree is bearing bad fruit. I don't care how pretty that fruit looks on the outside, and God is calling you to begin to discern the fruit, to take off the blinders of what you grew up in, to take off the blinders of what you thought you knew, and now begin to put on a sifting eye in the spirit so that you can see through those pesticides, to see what the true fruit that is being born on every tree that you encounter is. You must learn to discern the fruit. People are divorcing their anointing and their gifts and the light that God has placed within them through their disobedience and unwillingness to embrace the fullness of God and thus have now divorced joy to replace it with sorrow. Galatians chapter 6 verses 7 through 8 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a person sows, this he will reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from
0: the spirit. Well, that's the word that God gave me to release to you. I pray that you will first test your own fruit by the spirit begin to take inventory of whether you're producing good fruit from a God tree or whether you're producing tainted, false fruit. Before you begin to try to test or discern the fruit of anyone else, test your own fruit. Begin to seek God for what you're tapped into what are you feeding your tree what are you sucking up to feed your tree that is also going into the type of fruit that you produce please heed this call this warning and be enlightened into the truth of what God is saying You know, I'm sure there were plenty of people before God brought the flood that thought they were in position, that thought they were untouchable, that thought they were in alignment, that thought they couldn't be destroyed, that thought God wouldn't snatch the rug up from under them, that thought God, Jesus wouldn't come in and turn over the tables. But they were wrong. And they perished. And so I'm compelling you to take the time today, not tomorrow. To take the time today to test your own fruit and make sure you are in position.
2: Now remember, you are a spiritual warrior. Take back your power. Take back your authority from the enemy to create a supernatural shift in your life. As always, God is trying to tell you something. The question is, are you listening? If you want additional help in building your relationship with God, you can reach out to me via email at warinthespirit12 at gmail.com. You can
0: find me on Facebook at War in the Spirit 11 on YouTube at War in the Spirit Live or on Instagram at GotFaith1222. If you feel led to so, you may do so at Cash App, dollar sign, War in the Spirit or Venmo at War in the Spirit 12. I love you. Have a blessed week and I'll see you next time.